0: A good friend of mine. Never... Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot Lil Barron. Hi!
1: Lil! Hey! How are you? I am so good. How good, about you? Good.
0: I have a question for you. Okay. And I think I know the answer. Okay. But I'm going to ask it and I'm going to see if I knew it. (laughs) Okay. Do you think that you're an adventurous person?
1: Yes.
0: I think you are too. (laughs) If I were to answer that question for you, I would have said yes as well. So I found an article. This is in Shape Magazine written by Marnie Schwartz. And uh, she says that adventure means different things to different people, of course. That makes sense Uh, to one person that might be skydiving to another person that's starting their own business or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But whether it's physical or mental, adventurous behavior makes us feel good.
1: Agreed. You agree with that? Absolutely. I I
0: think so, too. I I don't know if I consider myself wildly adventurous, but I like to do new things. Right. I really like to learn new things. What they found in and, stu, and um, published in a journal called Neuron is that when we do adventurous things, it fires up the same regions of our brain that getting a reward does. So it, that oh. all that reward center there, and uh, that's maybe why we're motivated to try new things, even though they may be intimidating. Doctor Abigail Marsh, who is a professor of psychology and neuroscience at Georgetown University, says that over time. Adventurous activities may actually improve our brain health. Oh. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. I think we all want to have a healthy brain. Absolutely. And uh, the reason that is is because we're constantly learning, and that creates new synapses and it strengthens the ones that we already have. And that process is known as neuroplasty, and that's a good thing in our brains, right? Nice. So she says, uh, having adventures is good for our brains, and I wanted to share a couple of other things that being adventurous can do for our overall health and wellness, okay? I'm ready. Okay, number one, change comes more easily to those who are adventurous. Do you think that's true? I
1: do, I do. Yeah,
0: they have found that people who are drawn to thrill-seeking activities have a high tolerance for uncertainty. Mm. and. Life is uncertain, right? It is. So to be able to tolerate that, I think, is a good thing. Uh, They found that they enjoy engaging with unfamiliar things and are generally curious about the world and creatively adapt to change rather than being fearful of it. So that's a good thing. That is a great thing. Um, To nurture these qualities in yourself, you need to seek out situations that feel adventurous to you. And that might look different. Right. For different people. Right. Mm-hmm. Could be taking a class online or maybe doing improv at okay. the local improv troupe.
1: <laughs> Dinner theater. Dinner
0: theater, <laughs> which we might get into in just a minute. Uh, but the, here's the thing. This is the, maybe the most important thing. After the activity, whatever mm-hmm. felt adventurous to you. Um, if we can cement that experience in our mind by thinking about what we've gained from it whether that's meeting new people or overcoming Mm -hmm. a fear, whatever those positive things are that we gain from it, if we can think about those things, uh, that allows us to feel the success of it, And then when we take chances, it becomes a little bit easier the next time. So that's number one. That's a good thing. Yes. Number two related to that is that your confidence keeps evolving. Oh. So participating in an adrenaline pumping physical activity can lead to higher levels of what experts call self-efficacy or Mm self-esteem. And uh, that's a belief in our abilities and other types of adventure, like maybe running for public office or, um, you know, going on a a crazy hike through Zion National Park, for example, (laughs) Mm. which is one of Lil's goals, Uh, that allows us to build that confidence. And the more that we push past our comfort zone and feel proud of what we're doing at the same time, the more confident we'll become. Oh, that's awesome. That makes sense, right? Yeah, totally. And then the last one that I wanted to touch on is that they have found that being adventurous means that your life is more fulfilling Aww. than when we're not adventurous. I, adventurous, you agree. agree. With that? Mm-hmm. Adventurous people tend to have stronger feelings of satisfaction about how they're living their lives. Researchers who have studied this phenomenon say that participating in something challenging is associated with happiness and that even when the activity itself is difficult... It accomplishes joy and brings joy into our life. So the lesson here is don't hold back. Pick something that you've always shied away from. Promise yourself that you'll conquer it. That's step number one. But the next thing is to take it in small steps. It doesn't have to be all at once. Also key, training yourself to relax. Oh. So if you're in a you know a stressful, mm-hmm. nervous situation, mm-hmm. if you can train yourself to relax through regular practice breathing exercises or meditation that can help lower your anxiety and help you embrace the overall challenge, which ultimately leads to a more fulfilling life.
1: Great. All sound good? Absolutely. Do you,
0: do you feel like you're getting all those benefits from your adventurous life?
1: <laughs> I, absolutely. Why wouldn't <laughs> of <course>. I? <laughs> of course.
0: Well, I think that you are. What I, what I see and what I know about you, I think that you're, you're living a good you're life. You're way too so. nice. No, true. It's true. It's true. So uh, you might want to consider having an adventure for those that are out there that are listening and maybe competing in the Huntsman World Senior Games for the first time Great might idea. be an adventure to <laughs> consider. Today's guest, Lil, is Christy Benton. Christy has been a registered dietitian for over 40 years. She received her education in Southern California, and she's done a wide variety of different things in her area of expertise, including managing food service at a retirement home and skilled nursing facilities. She's currently... An outpatient dietitian at the Dixie Regional Live Well Center, and she provides individual diet counseling, weight management classes, sports performance counseling, and community presentation. Christy, Thank you for joining us on the show. I am
1: thrilled to be here. It's always a pleasure (laughs) to talk with you and and, uh, the Huntsman Senior Games and share a little information to our audience. Well, thank
0: you so much. Christy's a regular. She's been on a number of times, Mm -hmm. and it's always great to talk to Christy. She has a great common-sense approach to diet and nutrition. We're going to get into an item that I think is very important, especially for an aging population. Uh, But before we get into that thing, I want to talk to you, since you, you've been in the game for a long time, Yeah, I want to yeah. talk to you about what you have seen or observed over the past several decades that has changed the most when we think about diet and nutrition.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, again, I've been in the field for a long time. And I think if I go back several years, uh, 20th century as opposed to 21st, you know, we <laughs> used to focus on individual nutrients. You know, are you getting enough calcium? Are you getting enough iron? That was such a hot Nutrient for a long time. And then there was B12 and so forth. So you, you would talk to a dietitian and we would try to find are you getting enough of the individual nutrients? And I think as we've come forward, we've realized that this is not a solo trip, yeah. that everything we eat has some job in the body it's doing something things work synergically and now we look at what i want to call dietary patterns what is your main focus when you eat are you um plant-based are you still a carnivore are you going for the meats and so forth Do you have a nice variation even to the point now um how you eat across the day. You know, there are folks who are grazers and they swear that is the... Okay, there's some recognition there. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or there's, I guess it
0: depends on what you're grazing on. Well, and, that, right? and
1: good point there too. But you know, some people graze, some people are, hey, you know, we do three meals a day and I, and I am happy and I'm well fed. So it's that dietary pattern that over the course of time, you're allowing a wide variety of foods and nutrients to come in feed your body, and you're able to use those and go enjoy life. So I think that it's, it's that individuality. Now we're seeing the whole picture, the, whole the picture. patterns of how you're eating.
0: A holistic kind of all-around approach. And, yeah. you know, the more that I've researched and the more that we have expert guests like yourself, Christy, on the show, the more... It, it becomes clear to me that everything is so interconnected. Mm-hmm, and true. there's no one right. This is the be all end all thing, whether that's exercise or diet or meditation, whatever it is. There's no one thing for everybody, but you got to take a holistic approach and find the way that actually works for you.
1: Right. Right. You have to do what's right for you. Yeah. It may work for your neighbor or your friend or even your spouse, but you need to find what's going to promote the health, the well being your sense of well-fed in you now I'm not gonna say look yeah I'm a junk food junkie and that's my chosen <laughs> way of pattern and eating and so forth that's really not where we're going with this but yeah, you know, like I said you know there are some folks who are able to uh, again do three meals there are yeah. some folks who are really happy doing two and with well-chosen foods and they're very happy they may be well-fed that may not be for everybody like yeah. I said, we've got grazers, we've got three mealers. It's it's pretty wide, but you've got to find out what works for you.
0: And I think the key to that is actually finding and accepting what works. Because right. just because it's what we're doing doesn't mean that that's the right thing for a- us. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And that's, why, and that's
1: why we like to see people visit the dietitian because sometimes we can help you find what it is that's gonna work for you. And we could try a couple of different things, bring you back in, you know, hey, let's try a different pattern, let's try a different approach, because it may not have worked. We wanna find what's gonna be for you.
0: Now, now you mentioned something that I just, I, I just wanna touch on this very briefly, but you mentioned there was a time when you really focused in on those individual vitamins. I, I've noticed that when you look at food packaging, it feels like there's still a focus on those individual vitamins. Do you anticipate that that might change or is that who knows?
1: No, it's not. And okay. that is still because the uh, USDA and the and the, panel of experts that's creating these people are still concerned now let's be real it's like well how many calories did I eat that's probably the biggest one right. you know or I'm avoid avoiding carbs are there right. any carbs in this package how much sure. protein am mm-hmm. I getting so those questions are really for consumers you know the manufacturers know what's in their Well, we hope they know what's in their their product. We hope hope that there is truth in labeling going on. But there's still some elements and some nutrients of concern. We do have populations who will remain at risk either by uh, uh, morbidities, their illnesses that say, hey, look, you've really got to be conscientious of sodium or potassium or even protein. Or there may be somebody else who's looking for calcium they may not care for uh, or tolerate dairy foods. And so they'll be looking at those labels to pick up, is this a source of What I need. need. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do this, but I can do that. And that label is not going to go away. We are... what are we? Twenty twenty, right now. There is a new labels out there. If you have a chance to go cruise through, you're going to see the upgraded label right now. Okay. We have revised it. I like it. I mean, We're down another pathway here, but they did change it. They put some different information on it. Uh, I'm happy with it. I yeah. can't. Yeah, I won't even go how much ice cream we can eat now. With that. <laughs> um, but they changed Please tell us. You know, no, no, they changed portions and they changed a lot of the nutrient data. Anyway, go look at a new label.
0: Oh, awesome! We'll check it out. Yeah. So we talked earlier about this element, this dietary element that many of us are, are missing out. Uh, it's protein, mm. and uh, especially as we age, we're finding that that has become really, really important.
1: It is. Yeah. We we do know that. You know, we look back again in the um, the actual what we call the US RDA for protein hasn't changed in years, and it's an amazingly low amount. When you look at it, and I'm going to tell you it's 0.8 gram per kilogram. And of course, a kilogram is 2.2 pounds. So it works out to be 0.36 grams-ish per pound. So a typical female 140, 145, it's about 45 grams. Typical 150-pound male, it's about 55 grams. And when I say those numbers, I'm going like that. Just it doesn't that even... like all that
0: much, does no, it? No, <laughs> it
1: sounds low because if I go across the day most Americans, most people in our country are getting above that. But when you go, hey, bare bones minimum, you can actually live on 45 grams a day. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, I wouldn't be living very well. (laughs) That leaves out that steak at the end of the day. But we can do it. Again, you know, we certainly want to consider certain disease states and so forth, and that's going to alter that. But what we have found is that is bare bones minimum. And as we age, as we get older, there is a phenomena called muscle mass loss. Mm. And uh, the bugaboo, you know, this aging body that we're all dealing with, is this, this actually starts a little bit later in our 30s. We peak our muscle mass in our 30s. And I hate to tell you, it's downhill from there. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I know. It's not the best news. It's like, what happens? These 30-year-olds are right around. They're so healthy. They have no idea what they've got going for them, right? <laughs> right. get older. But we can actually do something to alter that muscle loss, that lean mass loss. And that is we up that protein intake. And, of course, you know, like with the senior games, you stay active there's a purposeful uh physical activity in your repertoire of life so we do want to see that protein go up as we get older we know research is saying you will utilize it it'll help slow down the mass and of course if it's combined with exercise you can actually build muscle mass as we get older which I think is so
0: important. You know, we, we think about muscles. I think most of us, we think about muscles, you think about flexing your bicep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which, which six-pack, the six-pack, yeah. yeah, the whatever six they pack. call those. Like most of us are not going to achieve that, you know, mm-hmm. just realistically. But there's so much more to it than just looking good in your swimsuit. You know, you've, you've really. Got your, your <laughs> Even though, even though looking good in your swimsuit is super, super important.
1: That's a prime. a big goal for some of us, right? Yeah. Wait, wait.
0: But I mean, obviously, your strength and your muscles strength. are connected to your balance and right. your ability to just live your life and you know get in and out of a car and in and out of a chair and walk upstairs and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're also finding that your skeletal muscle, which is the muscle that we think of when we think of muscle, uh, is connected to your immunity as well. And so mm-hmm. there's so many things. There's so many reasons why you would want to protect that muscle and as we get older if that means getting a little more protein that's worth the extra effort
1: absolutely you know we talk of something called frailty of the of the el- elderly and so much of that has arisen from that lack and that losing of that muscle mass as we lose that mass we're not able to move we're yeah. not able to move we sit more, and we get into this, what I call the downward spiral. And, that cycle, right? Exactly. And then the other thing that falls into play here is that as we get older, and, and it's the old question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Normally, elderly folks tend to start to eat less. Right, and as right. they eat less, very often the protein foods, which are sometimes tough to eat, i.e. a they piece get, of dry chicken out, right? mm-hmm. and so that protein intake goes down and they're like what did you have for lunch well i had applesauce and some ritz crackers okay there's no protein right and so right. that protein goes down and so that spiral goes down further they lose that mass they lose that ability to move and you're getting yourself into a not a good spot
0: hmm. so we know that as we get older, we've we've got to be cognizant and aware, and even increasing our protein. Where do we get protein?
1: So, you know, there are two major sources. You know, we talk about the plant-based, we talk about the animal-based, we talk about incomplete proteins and complete Most of the time, our complete proteins are coming from our animal-based sources. This is the eggs, the dairy products, of course, uh, beef, chicken, pork, if you're eating uh, animals. Uh, And then there are the plant-based. Now, you know, there's always this, uh, uh, I don't say controversy, but which is better, (laughs) plant-based proteins or the animal-based? And you can be a well-fed, plant-based person, get plenty of protein, but you do have to, I think, be a little more conscientious and seek out those sources and those would be things like what we call the pulses this would be the lentils the beans all kinds of beans the chickpeas soy which has really been around for probably the the best known plant-based intake uh, protein for a long time and it's in a lot of different things these Mm -hmm. days so I think there's a conscientious effort on the plant-based effort uh, our plant-based person's part to get that protein. But you can be, if you will, well-fed, well-protein on plant-based. I think it's a little easier to go animal-based. I mean, we can always grind that meat if it's a little bit tough to eat, but you can be well-fed. So yeah. I think as you go forward, we can help you be uh, get that protein goal.
0: Uh, and I think that's a valid point. I, ha- yeah. I have some family that has... Um, chosen kind of a modified vegan style they're they're not like adamantly strict to it you know every once in a while they'll incorporate dairy or eggs or even on a rare occasion some meat but for the most part they try to follow uh, a vegan lifestyle and I watch the effort that goes into their meal prep versus you know me grabbing some (laughs) chicken nuggets on my way home from work or whatever and uh it's certainly possible you know absolutely, absolutely. i agree with that but yeah. it does take some effort and so i guess my my thought and observation is is that if you're if you're choosing to go that direction uh it's it's entirely possible and and maybe even the healthier uh, option possibly to go but it takes effort it does it takes the so planning if you're going to you get gotta into plan. it you've got to plan on planning absolutely but, it uh, takes more
1: time more effort yeah. more planning
0: but very doable
1: absolutely but yeah. you got to make sure
0: you're getting those beans and lentils and things like that
1: and and there's guides out there there's plenty of guides these days there's a plan out there called flexitarian which is kind of what you described yeah. and that is primarily plant-based almost vegan but yeah you know every once in a while you know, a T bone steak or that piece of uh, you know, chicken, chicken skewer really tastes good. And that's okay. I think we need to be forgiving to ourselves. We are not perfect eaters. <laughs> what? I know. and um, we're not. We're not I think she's looking you at it. You hate me. to break it too. So. <laughs> There's a mirror what? over there, right? <laughs> you know, and I think we have to be, a, allow ourselves to enjoy food. And I'm a big fan of enjoying food. And I, again, I'm not going to tell you my style is a junk food junkie, but we have to be able to say, hey, look, that porterhouse steak on Saturday, even if I didn't eat the whole thing, you know, it hit the spot. It's what I wanted. But, you know, under normal circumstances, Monday through Friday, we are doing a plant-based intake. The family's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm doing food prep. Things are rolling along. But I do, you know.
0: Every once in a while. Every right? once yeah. in
1: a while, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to enjoy r- something that's not in my normal intake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that
0: I like a little about talking to Christy. <laughs> Is she, her, her common sense approach. Absolutely. She's just so open and holistic to the realities of living your right. life when it comes to, to diet, right? Right. And, you know, we're talking now about having an occasional hamburger or a steak or a piece of chicken or whatever. But the same can be applied to a donut or a piece of cake as long as it's moderation. Right. I love what you just said. We need to be forgiving and kind mm-hmm. to ourselves. and. It's okay to, to to have a treat once in a while, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I could not live without dark chocolate, and, and I mean, I really do. I enjoy it, and and uh, you know, we're not putting away a pound, but that piece of dark chocolate has a great flavor to me. There's some different, you know, single bean chocolates out there, and so forth. I enjoy it. Is that what I do every day? No, right. but uh, you know, we all try to eat well. We're trying to eat, like I said, for our health, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's why our 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 raison d'être is for our health. But in the meantime, I like food. I want to enjoy it. And so so I will. So you're going to. You bet I am. You bet I am. (laughs) And
0: so I will. I like that.
1: I like that too.
0: So we've been talking about protein, Um, again, how important that is Mm -hmm. for for us as we get older. Uh, We talked about some of the sources. Um, You you threw out some numbers out there, uh, grams and things like that. I know a lot of people maybe have a a food scale and Mm -hmm. and they're they're using that. For those of us who don't, and when you say 55 grams, that doesn't mean anything to to some of us. Give us an example of what a serving of protein might look like and how we could measure that if we don't have that you know, down to the milligram scale on our kitchen counter.
1: Interesting. You know, the, the old standard right now is that's what we used to be a deck of cards and that okay. represents about a three ounce piece of animal based protein. So it might be chicken, it might be fish, it might be beef. Out of that three ounce cooked piece of meat, you're going to get about 21 grams of protein. Now, that on a plate for a guy looks like where's the meat <laughs> uh, so you know again based on your caloric demands that might be one and a half decks on a plate for dinner but sure. you might also use that uh, deck of cards as your goal for your protein at lunch so I might have a three ounce about 21 grams at lunch I might have 28 grams or a four ounce portion at dinner and if I were uh Uh, an egg lover. I might have an egg or two in the morning and that's about 14 grams. So alluding here to it's not just I want all my protein at the end of the day so I'll have a 12 ounce porterhouse. It's (laughs) I'm going to take that 12 ounce porterhouse or whatever it is and I'm going to divide it among the feedings that I have during the day. So I've got my protein intake going in and the best uh, recommendation right now is between 20 to 30 grams max per feeding, and that looks more like mm. a meal, that's the best the body can do in terms of absorption okay. and utilization. So again, when you sit down to that Cattleman's Cut at, you know, get this and win a cowboy hat, um, you know, you're not going to use all that protein. It's not going to turn your biceps into, yeah. I don't know what they turn into, um, <laughs> You know, we don't use it that way. So we yeah. want to spread it out through the day and take that dietary goal, and it might be—I'm throwing this one out—70 grams instead of 55, mm-hmm. and I want to spread it across the day. Mm-hmm. I really like that. get a good. That, and that's yeah, great
0: advice because I think my tendency might be save it up for dinner because yeah. you want to have that tree. And, and like you said, that on an occasion, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. But ideally, you're getting some protein in the morning, you're getting some at noon, and then you're getting right. some for dinner as well. Right, right, Christy, thank you so much yes, for, your, you. for your advice and for joining us today.
1: It's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. <laughs> I, I, love to, I like to talk about food, but I also like to eat it.
0: <laughs> well, we'll uh, express our appreciation and hope that we can have you back sometime. Yes,
1: love to come back.
0: Thank you. Lil, yes. I just want to mention once again, like I always do at the end of the show, registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is indeed open. It is. If you are 50 years of age or older, you qualify to compete in the Huntsman World Senior Games. And of course, we know we're in the middle of this pandemic. Yep, We're analyzing everything as closely as we can. If you're interested in what we're doing about COVID-19, we encourage you to hit up seniorgames.net. You can find all of our information there about registration, as well as what's going on with uh, our response to COVID-19. The dates for the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th, so put that on your calendar. And if you have any feedback for us about the show, please shoot us an email at at net. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to that podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating. Write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. One of the best and easiest places to do that is at podchaser.com slash theactivelife. And you can find this and previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Lil, our inspirational thought for the day comes from American poet T.S. Eliot, And he says... Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go.
1: Until next Thursday, stay active.